Well, I imagine that jarred our listeners right out of their socks. Probably, yeah. It was pretty loud. Uh, I guess the music took over. <laughs> okay. Well, we're a little loud here, too, so I'll turn us down, okay? Sounds good. i get down here a bit. Well, Ralph, last week we were talking about implicit bias, and we made the point that a lot of people think that implicit bias is uh, omnipresent. It's part of our makeup, part of our DNA almost. They do, and one of the things that you... Uh, talk to a lot of people on an individual one-on-one -on -one basis and they say, oh, I don't have any biases. I'm totally unprejudiced. Uh, there's nothing in my makeup that leads me to believe that I have uh, prejudices against any group. And that turns out perhaps not to be as nearly uh, true as we would like to believe. Yeah. And this goes back to the way we were doing research in the last century. And I, I feel dated when I talk about the last century, but that's where I was for most of my academic life. And what we would do, we'd take a group of people, and often they'd be college students, and uh, we'd give them a paper and pencil test. And uh, it would have questions on it or statements on it, like, uh, I'm sometimes afraid of uh, uh, a certain group of people and you can fill in the blank whatever that might be and uh, uh, people who have brown skin or black skin are not as uh, 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 smart as I am okay Th things like that those would be the the items well I know I don't want to be prejudiced and be labeled as prejudiced so hey I'm I'm a progressive liberal college professor or college student so um, Am I sometimes afraid of people? Maybe say yes. Um, do I think that people who have brown skin or uh, black skin are less uh, uh, competent than I? No, I don't think so. I think we're all equal here, okay? Okay. So and, that's that. And that, of course, is the great American dream, that everybody is equal. Right, right. And so for years and years, the research indicated that, yeah, there are some people who have some prejudices. And I think you mentioned last week that if you went down to uh, maybe the, a certain geographical area in the United States, there may be people who have prejudices against blacks or browns, or as you pointed out last week, Smurfs. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we are egalitarian and, and you know, we're, we're liberal and we want to see everybody as equal. And that goes across the board. I'm not prejudiced against people who are old, older or younger. I'm not prejudiced against LGBTQ because I know it's not a good thing to be prejudiced. And so all of these things you know, are in my mind as explicitly I say I am not uh, prejudiced. But implicitly there might be something else going on. Yeah, and one of the things that, that we know is that there are levels of our mind that uh, we say, well... No, I have no prejudice. That's the top of the mind. But underneath, uh, where we hide, if you will, our earliest conditioning, things we grew up with, things we've heard, things we've seen on media, etc., uh, there's a different level. Mm -hmm. And this actually goes back 
probably tens of thousands of years, this sort of early learning, when it was actually kind of smart to be aware of differences in your environment, right? Right. If there was somebody, another group of people who were different from you. Hey, they could take your mates, they could take your food, they could take your land, <laughs> they could take your life. And so it was smart to be able to identify a potential threat. But in 2023, identifying potential threats or people as potential threats might not be the way to go. True, and the thing is that uh, you could say, well, nobody's a potential threat, uh, which is an interesting uh, place to be until uh, two guys break into your back door and stage a home invasion. So you still have to be kind of aware of we are not living in a danger-free uh, yeah, right. life. So, you know, you say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be uh, aware, but not paranoid. Okay. Now, for the most part, over the last how many years, 50 years or so, that was the way that we thought about people or things that were different. Right. And then along came some people at Yale, and they began to do research a little bit differently. No, quite a bit differently. They used the computer... And they were able to get, uh, generate masses of data, uh, especially after the internet really took off. And um, they asked questions like, okay, here's a face on a screen. And it could be a white face or it could be a brown face. What uh, uh, word do you associate with this? Good or bad? Smart or dumb? Um, mean or... Um, What's a good word? Benign. Benign. Oh, thank you. And uh, all of a sudden, we got not 300 or 200 uh, university students responding to a survey. We have people from all over the world who are chiming in on uh, the, the, the picture on the screen and the words good, bad, yeah. etc. Now, in our Learn More section, we'll put up uh, how to get to the uh, implicit bias test. You know, actually, implicit association. Yeah, implicit yeah. association which, test, yeah. Which is the measure of implicit bias. And to be fair, now this does not only um, look at implicit bias to other shades of Smurfs, light blue or dark <laughs> blue, but it also uh, looks at things like uh, obesity, LGBTQ, etc. Uh, and T tons of isms. Tons of isms. All the isms that you can probably think of mm -hmm. are there's an implicit association test yeah. to measure. So there's not one test that is going to be measuring everything, but rather you're going to select if you want to do it. And I, I'd urge you to give it a try. Select one for um, skin color or one for um, religion or one for age, and you know, take a look at it. And we'll be talking about the research that's been done on each of these um, in our next couple of uh, uh, podcasts. But the people that, uh, that were working on this were actually working on some aspect of false memory. And so they were uh, 
priming people to remember things that they had experienced, but they also were priming people to remember things that they had never experienced. Uh, now, uh, Elizabeth Loftus did this back in the 80s and the, the, the 90s, and at uh, Yale we had Greenwald and Bonacci, and they were looking at implicit memory. And so when they began to see that there was this kind of uh, quirk, at least, in terms of associating a brown face with good, bad or a white face with good, he said, well, okay, we, we really don't see this as an explicit problem. And so they, were, they had the word implicit kicking around the lab, right? Right. And so they just tagged, tagged that one on to implicit associations. And I think last week we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Freud being somewhat in discredit at this time in psychology, that they wouldn't use the term unconscious, but implicit was right there. Yeah, okay, so... And, you know, one of the things that we talk about in terms of, of memory, which is interesting, is people can be primed to have false memories, and a lot of the... Uh, things that happened in the, the 80s in terms of false memories were uh, people saying, I remember being um, molested as a child. Uh -huh. And it turned out that that was a totally implanted false memory and they have never been uh, molested by a parent or an uncle or anything like that. So, you know, sometimes memories are false. We'll put it, the... Um Loftus work also. I think I've got a, a YouTube video where she talks about some of the stuff that came out of her lab. You know, a lot of it had to do with people remembering um, what a murder suspect might look like uh, on a lineup. You know, yeah. When you line up a bunch of people and say, you know, can you point to the one who did it? Points to this person. They, that person did it. Well, there have been people who have spent a lot of time in prison uh, because they were falsely identified. That's an example of a false memory. False memory, yeah. yeah. And I don't know this for a fact. I don't know, know that it's ever been researched, but people who say they remember vividly previous lives, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was a prince in Egypt or I was a queen of Egypt. Uh, somehow they never remember being a... Uh, uh, a hod carrier, uh, hod carrier <laughs> putting the pyramids together, uh, you know. Uh, but those, I think, are good examples of people who have false memories. Now, I'm sure all the people who remember being Queen of Egypt are going to say, "No, no, no, it's real." <laughs> uh, but yeah, and back in the, I don't know very very much about this at all, but I know that back in the 50s and 60s, there were a lot of uh, stories coming out about alien abduction. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, I, you may have been abducted by an alien. You may be the prince of, uh, of Siam, but uh, I don't know, Ralph. I don't think so. No, uh, I'm afraid that uh, other than uh, for my sins coming back as a cockroach, uh, I have very small faith in reincarnation. Okay, yeah. So... When we talk about implicit bias, we're not talking about the explicit stuff. And we mentioned this last week. Like, you know, I really don't like people who have um, 
facial tattoos, okay? That was one that you used last week. Unless, of course, you're in New Zealand and your next-door neighbor is a Maori native. Right. And, and you know, the thing is that uh, it is okay, I think, to have uh, explicit biases. Uh, what do you provided mean by that? that you don't act on them. Uh, give me an example. Well, suppose uh, I'm in a position to... Um, I, I work at Michigan Works. Okay, that's the employment place, right? Somebody comes in and, and uh, they've got uh, tattoos up their neck and around their ears and across one cheek. Okay. And I say to them, hmm, you're not a good candidate for work, kid. Uh, that's acting on your implicit bias. Oh, okay, I got you. If I say to them, uh, well, one of the things we're going to do is find you some employment where you're not going to be primarily a public face of your company. Okay, no. You know, that, that would be a tactful way to go about uh, dealing with that person. Mm-hmm. Or, I suppose, talking to, to the person about the effect of the tattoos, etc., uh, on other people, and making them sensitive to the fact that not every job is probably going to be for them, right? Right. Okay, yeah. Um, however, you know, we, our, our Maori native might be an uh, extremely gifted uh, brain surgeon. Yeah, you know, he and went, went to we, went to medical school, went right through it, and uh, hey, is is this going to affect his uh, uh, role as a brain surgeon? Maybe not, because probably the clients or patients are out by the time he uh, he gets in to them with yeah. his uh, laser scalpel. Yeah. yeah, so you know we we look at this and we say, okay, now we have much better. Uh, measures for implicit bias and we're finding that more people in fact although they might consciously say I have no prejudice I don't dislike any group of people uh, when when you measure uh, their unconscious reactions you find that they do in fact have some implicit bias against usually against yeah uh, a group of some kind. A group of some kind. Yeah. And uh, this has changed, and we'll talk about this a lot, uh, next week. Uh, there have been changes in the results of the implicit by association uh, test over the years. Um, but the changes are not as surprising as we would think they are. Um, so next week we'll talk about unsurprising changes and maybe some surprising ones. Okay, so until next week, this is Jim and Ralph signing off and saying keep your stick on the ice because we're all in this together. together.